0: Welcome to Amarillo Fellowship. How you doing this morning? Uh, that was some good worship. Good worship. Somewhere, though, did you see his sweater? Somewhere Waldo is shirtless now. It's just, it's going to be harder to find him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, my name's... My name is Elijah Tyndall, and I am—I'm um, just a, a guest, guest coming through town uh, this morning. And I'm so thrilled to be with you uh, this morning. I know there's several faces I recognize, but there's new faces also. And for the new faces, I'd like to—so uh, so, so it doesn't cause alarm—I'm not the new person on the pastoral staff here. Okay, so I'll be gone tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to make mention, before I get into the, uh, the, the, the message that we have today, I want to I make mention of um, the, the shirts that I brought. And the reason why, I'm wearing one right now, it says laughing anyway. The reason why is because it's a declaration of the time we're living in and the choices we make. We make a choice on what comes out of us. We do, and it'll be in the, in the, uh, It's on purpose because it's in the message today. The, the message is going to be on laughing and, and the benefits of, of God's instructions for us to have a merry heart. Um, But it's also a declaration just when we are walking through the store, you know, when people see it. Because people need to be reminded, you know what? Yeah, I got stuff going on in my life, but I'm going to laugh anyway. I'm laughing anyway. We have to do that. Listen, if you are a Christian, you're going to have to do some things by faith. Don't make me start preaching yet. So, but... (laughs) But uh, if you can pick those up, it's donation basis and all the donations, all the proceeds go toward the, the work I do with, with uh, prisons. So I, I speak in, in prisons, I visit prisons, uh, juvenile correctional centers and jails and recovery centers um, all over the country, um, have big aspirations and plans. We were uh, going to film with a, a major network uh, distribution uh, this last year. In 2020, their plan was um, to film a comedy special inside a prison and then, and then we did. So, so, but, 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 but here's, here's the thing is those, those, uh, facilities, they don't have money to bring people in. And I believe, um, that I read it somewhere in the Bible that Jesus said, Hey, you need to be going. If you're the one who needs to visit the people in prisons, and so so how can people have hope if we don't break, put it in front of them? You know what I'm saying? And so some go, some send, some 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 do both, and some do both at different seasons. And right now is a season where the prisons are starting to open up again uh, for us going in, not for them coming out. Uh, but there's there's <laughs> they're starting to open up a little bit. <laughs> there's a few stragglers, but. They're they're starting to open up, and and I'm getting permission to go back in there. And so the proceeds from this goes toward that. So that's how you help me go into those places and those facilities. Um, And so it's a donation basis. You know, uh, we see a profit at about $15. And so if you want to give $1,500, that's great. That's great. So those are available at the end of service um, and, and all that jazz. So there's the commercial stuff. Let's do this. Let's go to God in prayer uh, just, just really quickly and then get into this word, all right? Uh, Father God, help us. Amen. Um, The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, it says, A merry heart does good like a medicine. Um, and here's the thing about medicine. Here's what I've learned. Type 1 diabetic since I was four years. I'm, I'm 40. Um, I'm, I'm in the 40, upper 40s where you forget the age. You know what I'm saying? I'm, 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 40, I'm about to be 49 in August. I'm about to be 49. And so that's a lot of years. I can't do the math on that. No one can do the math on that. But that's a lot of years from 4 to 49. That's a lot of years with type 1 diabetes and and taking insulin. Insulin is just a medicine. Now that medicine causes me to stabilize again where I'm off balance. Uh, But what i found is in no way does that medicine ever get in there and recover the pancreas that's not producing insulin. Medicine doesn't fix, it doesn't cure, but it does help stabilize. It does help bring things to a... I had a heart surgery, a quadruple bypass at the end of. 2015. Now, one of the things they were sure to do before the doctor got in there and worked on my heart, they sedated me with medicine. Why? Because the great physician can't get in and do the work on our hearts if we feel all the pain of it. Does that make sense? And so what, what's happening in us right now is God's wanting to do some works in our hearts because we've got some things that are that are out of place. We've got some, some, some injuries. We've got some things of the past, but We need to medicate. We need to medicate on what God said to medicate on because it helps numb us through the process. So here I am from the the beautiful uh, town of Los Angeles, California, coming to just be kind of God's drug dealer here in Amarillo. I'm doling out medication, you know. See me after the service. Yo, man, what you need? That's my role. That's my lane. Genesis one twenty six and one twenty seven. God created man in His image, in the image of God He created him, both male and female. He created them. Everyone has this part of God's DNA on their life, and you represent a different piece of what God looks like. Some of you represent the administrative part of God. So, if you're an administrative person, don't be shy. I know it's against everything to be publicly acknowledged, but but go ahead and, and let me see who you are. God bless you people, because you have to deal with people like me. I would call me the normal people. I check into a hotel room 20 minutes after I check in, it looks like I've been there for three weeks. Like, I, I am not, I'm, I'm just kind of a loosey-goosey. Now, here's what i noticed, is the people who are more administrative, more driven towards structure, um, you all don't seem to mind as much when we do studies on the Old Testament. You like the law. You like structure. Why? Because that's part of the identity of God. It is. And the ones like me, who are more like, eh, it's going to work out, we love that grace-driven New Testament stuff. <laughs> Grace covers it all, brother. Yeah, but there's still consequences coming. <laughs> we identify with how we are because it's a part of how God made us to be like him. And that's, that's why that is. Problem is when we start getting in each other's lanes and we're like, oh, no, man, you need to be more like me. Just let it flow. And you're like, no, man, we should have got gas a long time ago. My lane in the body of Christ and my call on this earth, my assignment on this earth as of right now is to help people lighten up. To share with them in a way that gives people a merry heart so that way God can go in and do the work on the inside. And so whether it be with the church or the unchurched, my goal is to not bring offense to people and bring, bring, bring division. My goal is to get everyone together and let's all just have a good time. That's what I like about this church. When you come to this church, it doesn't feel like you're coming to a funeral service. That's, that's what I like about coming here to, to your church. It's one of the three places. There's three places I really look forward to speaking. Um, and if you're watching online or on Facebook or wherever we, else we broadcast, yours is the other church. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why is because there's a spirit of life and celebration here. Jesus said, hey, let the dead bury the dead. Those are alive. Come on, follow me. And 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 for those of us who are alive, that's the thing. And so God wants us to have such a life that we enjoy the merriness of life. Some people, uh, I've heard it said, even in one translation, that it's laughter that does good like a medicine. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse uh, 1 goes on down and it says to everything there is a season a purpose for every time under the heaven a time for every purpose under the heaven um, there's a difference in seasons and times because what we can say is well I'm not in a season right now of laughing because laughing is one of the in, one of the things that's listed there a time to pl- a plant a pl- to to pluck up that which was planted a time to kill a time to heal a time to uh, live a time to die be born all this stuff and then laughter is in there a time to laugh there's a time to laugh in there um here's the deal what I found that we use as excuses not to laugh and do these other things is because we feel like it's a season of like oh this is just a winter season in my life and so I'm not supposed to laugh and be merry and joyful and it's a dark season many people in this last year you've been thrown for some stuff and you're like whoa and and you feel like this is just not a it's just not a good season It's just a weird season for me. Um, There's a difference between seasons and times. Here's what I mean by that. We can be in a season of winter, a season of cold, a season of rigid, but that's different than a time. See, there's a time to laugh even in a dark season. There's there's different seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall. All you got to do is call. In every one of those seasons, we have something in the Tyndall house known as dinner time. Doesn't matter what season it is, dinner time is still happening. And what I found in our life is that we make time for the things that are important to us. So it's not a matter of, it's just not time to laugh. It's a matter of, oh, laughter isn't important to me. Being joyful isn't important to me. Being healthy isn't important, mm. Being this or being that. Well, no, brother, you don't know the season that I'm in. I'm not talking about the season you're in. Right. I'm talking about the, did you know I never feel like going to the gym, ever? Right. <laughs> and I go to the doctor and he's like, you gotta tighten up the screws on this. I'm like, oh, you don't know the season I'm in, brother. I know that season's coming to a close if you don't get in the gym. (laughs) See, we need to make time for the things God said to make time for. He goes through a list of them. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Just start reading there and go through that list and you'll see there's a time that we need every day, we need to make time for these things. A time to be born, that means to restart. A time a time to to die. What does that mean? That means allow things to be Be uh, suffocated in our life. Allow things to go away in our life. Allow those things. Don't keep holding on to things. Don't keep holding on to that crazy relationship that didn't work out. There's a reason it didn't work out. Quit trying to keep that thing alive. And And in our daily life, we need to make time to do these things. Make time to know. Psalms chapter 126, it says this. It says that, um, when the Lord returned the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our hearts with rejoicing. The nation said about us, God has done great things for them. God has, or the Lord has done great things. God has done great things for us and we are truly grateful. Let's go back through that and look at the sequence of what's happening here. When the Lord returned the captive ones of Zion, that phrase right there simply indicates God was moving on their behalf. That's what that means and so maybe it's that you want a season where God to move on your behalf and you're saying when that happens then I will be someone that's full of rejoicing then I'll be someone who's full of laughing then I'll be someone who's full of dreaming but the problem is that's not what this scripture is saying because when you get down to the end of this chapter it talks about those who reap in, or those who sow in tears will reap in joy. That means in hard seasons when you're sowing anyway. That's gonna come about where r- later on you're going to reap that harvest and you're gonna be in joyful season. We can't wait for good feelings. We can't wait for goosebumps. We can't wait for, you know, when I knew God was moving, when, whoo, shunda, I felt the goosebumps. What about all the other times? I can't stand out in the cold waiting for goosebumps all the time. I got daily life to live that God himself put me here on purpose in my life, in this world. So he wants me to accomplish what I'm here to accomplish. And I can't be doing that if I'm constantly just complaining about everything. Complaining about this. Complaining about that. Well, did you see what they passed? Did you see what they didn't pass? Did you see who got this? Blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to bring up politics. You can bring that up. <laughs> but it's time. It's time to, no matter what it looks like, plant the seeds of these things God has said. When the Lord returned the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Take it this way. That in the time, in the season. When God was moving, what is it that we were like? What could we be defined? What's the difference between now and how we were back then? Well, let me see. Back then, when he was moving on our behalf, what were we like? Oh, we were dreamers, is what they're saying. Oh, we were laughing. We were filled with laughter. Oh, our hearts were rejoicing back then. And even that we were so filled with dreams, so filled with laughter, so filled with rejoicing that even the other nations, the people who didn't even believe in God, they were saying, the Lord that they serve is doing great things for them. And then they get to the point where they say, hey, wait a minute. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are truly grateful. I think we have to get to a place in this time In our life, no matter what season it is, where we remember God has done great things for us. And we are truly grateful for the stuff he's already done. And when we're begging God, God, please do something. Here's a revelation that goes along with what happened here this morning. What happened here this morning is God never stopped working. That means work has been going this whole time. We're begging God to do something and God has already done it. It's a matter of us planting the right seeds so we get the right kind of harvest to walk in the promises. That's it. God, why won't you manifest the promise of healing in my life and health in my life? Maybe if we stop eating so much enchiladas. Because I can complain that I haven't manifested the promise of healing for the type 1 diabetes, but if I'm stuffing my face while well, I'm saying, I'm claiming it, God, I just thank you for healing me from diabetes. <laughs> Why am I asking God to do something for me that I'm not willing to do? It's our part. Well, if God wants it to happen, if it's his will, it'll, it'll just happen. Nope. It, it won't. You know what? In the Bible he said, it's not my will that any should perish, but all would come to me. But since he said that, billions have perished. Why? Because just because it's his will doesn't mean it's going to happen. He's given us free will and he's presented his will to us and said, life and death, they're right before you. Choose life. And we're like, yeah, but what if I keep messing around with death over here? Because death looks funner over here. Death looks this. death, And he's like, well, that's, you know, my grace is on you, but consequence still happens for those things. And so our relationship with God, that's in good standing. Jesus established that. But the consequence of how we produce and what we produce, those things grow over the seed that we've planted. Back when God was moving, how were we? I remember how we were. We were like dreamers back then. Remember we were dreamers? Remember we would talk about not, not just what we had, but what, what we were going to have? You ever want to talk to a dreamer? Just talk to someone who's only got one tattoo. Not, here, here's the deal, I don't believe in tattoos, but some people do. And, and what I've learned about those people is if you ask them about the tattoo they have, they'll spend very little time talking about that one tattoo. They're going to spend the rest of the time telling you what they're going to have and add to it. Oh, yeah, I got mom right here, but this is going to be a full sleeve by the time I. That's That's a dreamer. That's how dreams work. That's visionary. When's the last time in your life that you didn't look at just getting by and surviving, but you were talking about what all is to come? When's the last time we stopped looking at the one tattoo, we said, well, it's just done, it's bad work, and the, the ink's all off, and those lines are, complaining about everything that we have right now, and when, well, why won't we shift into the gear and say, no, 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 we're supposed to be dreamers, we're supposed to live life abundantly, we're supposed to, it doesn't matter if we have it now, it's what we can attain in, in here. We plant the seeds for what's going to grow later in our life. When the Lord was moving on my behalf before, how was I? What was the difference between me then and me now? I was a dreamer. I dreamed about things. I didn't just survive. My mouth is full of laughter. Full of laughter. Some people, listen, Oi vey. I'm telling you, I, I, can't, I can't express... How much, um, how much disgruntled nature I feel sometimes when I have to explain to the people that don't believe in God at all, because that's about seventy percent of of my world. I worked with with the entertainment industry, and about seventy percent of what I do is outside of the church. And then there's this weird, there's this weird. Grouping that has defined themselves as as Christ followers, but has embraced this mentality that they should hate the rest of the world for not being a Christian and for not believing in their God, and that's problematic because God created all of us as His children, not just some of us. And so, to God, for for us, it might look like, oh, there's this this dividing line, and we are in the truth, and you're not going to heaven, you're going to hell. Like, what? What is that? Because God's looking at it as those are all my children. These children know they're my children, and these ones seem to be fighting with these other ones, and, and they're not uh, letting them see my loving nature. That comes through partly being someone who is happy. Being someone who can keep a smile on their face, even in a hard time. Being someone who can laugh anyway, no matter what adversity is coming your way. I'm not saying things won't get hard. I understand that. I get that. I'm saying that we're the ones who Jesus defined as, this is how you will know my disciples. By the love you show one for another. This is how it's going to be known. Not the way that we vote, not the way that we do this, not whether we smoke or not, not whether we do, not, not the de- de- denominational name on the, no, he said, if you want people to know that you're my disciples, here's the way they're going to know by the love you show one for another. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but those of you watching the internet. <laughs> it's time that we plant seeds of laughing. So what does that mean? That means we get around things that make us laugh. Turn off the news. I can't remember the last time I laughed. Remember when, we, remember when our skin was, was, was thick enough to just poke fun at each other? Remember that? But now we're so sensitive. If someone says something that indicates you don't think the way that I think... What is that? I don't even agree with my own mindset. Most of the days. I'm like, I wake up feeling one way and then by the end of the day, I'm like, nah, I don't agree with what I said this morning. We're all in a growing process. And just because someone doesn't think the way you do right now, it doesn't even necessarily mean you're right or you're wrong. It's just a different time. Listen, if butterflies were constantly consumed with looking at caterpillars and saying, Why aren't you flying yet? What is that? It's not time for it to fly. It's still gotta crawl around. It's gotta learn life the hard way sometimes. So that way when it gets these wings, it can it can really rejoice because it doesn't have to crawl around anymore. Why did we forget that we have wings and we can rejoice? We should be flying around, letting them see our good works and glorifying our Father in heaven, rather than looking at them saying, why aren't you flying? You make me sick. And once again, I know this sounds preachy and I know this isn't for you, person next to you probably, but not you. But I've been sent here this morning. God sent me here from Los Angeles, California, where he lives. He sent me here. <laughs> he lives there too. Everyone settle now. <laughs> I, I've been sent here because I carry the spirit that he's asking me to share with you. Yeah. I carry that. That's, that's what I get. Some people carry that, uh, you know, all the, all the knowledge about last days. That's cool. I love that. I love that. I wish I was that. And then the seven beasts with the horns and the blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what does that mean, Pastor Richie? <laughs> My biblical advice to you, if you see a beast coming out of the north with seven horns, Run. my point is this get around people who you need to be more like in certain areas and if someone makes you smile if someone makes you laugh if things you watch make you smile make you laugh expose yourself to them so you can have more vision for that grow that muscle by getting around that gym and exercising in it does that make sense So that way we don't stay the way that we are and just settle for it. We can grow. We now can be dreamers again. We can be laughers again. And lastly, that we can be rejoicers again. That last part of that that whole phrase where they say that, you know, God has done great things for us. We are truly grateful. Um, See, for me, when I think about what God has done, not just my life right now, because I can tell you, I'm not, I'm not getting up here, you know, having had the best, most, you know, most unchallenging year of my life. It, it, has been, it has been rough. My business has gone down to about 10% of what I usually, and it was out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? I had a good year planned on the books during March last year, and then I didn't. So I'm not saying this because it's easy. You know, you know when you hear people like you know they're 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 saying that, oh brother, you just need to smile, and then they're getting in the Rolls Royce and you know that kind. You're like, yeah, man, I can't I can't pay for this (laughs) Tercel. I'm saying we make these moves by faith, so that way we sow these seeds right now, even in hard seasons. It's time to sow these seeds. So that way we will reap this thing and and we will walk in this life of of laughter, of dreaming again. Of dreaming. Someone in here, you forgot your dream. You forgot that it's bigger than about right now. It it is bigger than about this time. It's 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 past this. But rejoicing, you see, when I think about what God's done for me, I I remember. I was, I was leaving my house at uh, about 2.30 in the morning to head to LAX on this trip. And um, I hear my son, who's supposed to be asleep by 12, 17 years old, I hear him in his room playing Xbox and, uh, with his friends. And you know how when they have those, I don't know if some of you know what I'm talking about, but they have those headphones on and they're shouting. The whole house can hear the shouts, you know? <laughs> And they can't because you're like, hey, quiet down. They're like, huh? Okay. (laughs) And let me tell you why I didn't get mad at him as I left the house uh, to go to the airport. Because I got a call when he was three months old. uh, His his mom had taken him to, to Arkansas to see family. We lived in Oklahoma City at the time. And she called and she said, Elijah, I don't want you to freak out, but Evan's not breathing. And one, if you don't want me to freak out, don't say, my son's not breathing. You know, that's a big, like a bad intro, you know, she's leading with that headline. And uh, and when she said that, I just started, I just started praying, and what happened is... They laid him on a bed in one of the rooms and with, they put stuffed animals and pillows all around the border by the wall. And he had uh, wiggled himself up while no one was watching. And he got lodged, he fell in, in the, the crevice and he got lodged in there. And so when they went in there, all they saw was his, his, his foot and it was, it was purple. And they pulled him out. He wasn't, he wasn't breathing, no heartbeat. And, um, and so I'm on the phone. Me and my oldest daughter, Destiny, we jump in the truck and we immediately just start heading to Little Rock, Arkansas. And I'm on the phone and I'm crying. And, and here's the thing, as minutes are going by, five minutes went by, no response. They called the paramedics. You could hear them coming. You hear the and and, and the, the guys saying, "Evan, Evan, Evan!" No response. You could hear them smacking him. You can hear him. You know all the stuff to try to revive him. You can hear them. They do the, the shot thing that's supposed and nothing. Fifteen minutes. Fifteen. minutes. No heartbeat. No breath. No life. And I don't know if you've ever felt that feeling that it's, it's over. But yet what was weird is God promised me this son. God told me what to name him. His name Evan is derivative from the root word evangelist. And God told me that. when he Three months before that, he almost died on birth because the unbiblical cord is what I call it was wrapped around his neck three times. And for an hour and a half, his little hands were positioned in such a way that that every time that mom would push he was pulling away and it was keeping him alive and we had friends that lost a baby stillborn the week before the same way god promised me this was god's promise this was my dream my son and now he's he's gone he's gone And I was on the other side. Let me tell you something. I don't know where you stand spiritually on, you know, praying in tongues, but I can tell you, you get your spiritual language at times like that. And I was just praying. And out of nowhere, out of nowhere this, this arose out of me. A scripture that shouldn't. I have no idea why this would be the scripture. But it just, out of my belly, out of my spirit, Flowed the scripture out loud as I was driving, and it was Malachi chapter three ten. It said, "Bring the tithes to the storehouse." That's this verse on covenants, on a covenant with God. Bring the tithes to the storehouse so that there's provision in my house, and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you can't even contain so much. And I, and 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 the thing is on that scripture. It's just an indicator, a reminder of a covenant with God. And at that moment, you couldn't have contacted me and said, hey, you just won the lottery and and made this problem diminish. You understand? I didn't need the windows of heaven open and these material things coming into my hands at that moment. I love Harley Davidsons, but no amount of, of, of motorcycles could fix this moment. And some of you are in a place right now where money is even that—that's sure you need it. Sure, you, you'd like to have more of it, but the true—the true thing that can fix your issue isn't found in that. It's—it's it's different than that. This unpeace, this unrest, this nerve, this tension, this anxiety, whatever it is, th- that thing. And I is what the next verse says. We'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. When that came out of my mouth, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. See, in this room, God sent me here from California this morning because someone you forgot how to dream, someone you forgot how to laugh, and someone you forgot how to rejoice. But God is saying, I will. You have a covenant with me and I, yes I get it, you can't do it at this time, but I want you to know my covenant stands with you and I will step in and rebuke the devourer for your sake don't worry about the enemy he can't get you in this and it may look like this thing has passed away because it did for me and as soon as that came out of my mouth I heard the greatest noise I've ever heard in my life on the other side of the phone I heard my little son, three months old. I heard him gasping for air. He was revived. He, he I, I just kept on driving. It's supposed to be five and a half hours to make that drive. I made it in about three. And when I got there, I was prepared because you can't be without oxygen that long, without it causing brain damage. I was prepared that whatever this means, this means, and I, I'm, I'm just gonna, I, whatever it is, my son's alive. And I walked in the hospital, and there is my son sitting up on the bed, playing, goofing off, and the the doctor comes up to me and he tells me, "Man, I don't know. I, I've never seen anything like this. He shouldn't be able to have this kind of response." We can't find, they did tests on him. They couldn't find anything that indicated he had just been through this. Friend, listen to me. God wants you to dream again. And the season may seem like it's it's just not gonna happen for you because it's out of breath. There's been no heartbeat in your dreams anymore. God wants you to plant seeds anyway. Because everything else may have stopped. But heaven and earth will pass away. My words will remain forever, is what Jesus said. If Jesus spoke it over you, if he spoke life into you. Friend, you didn't ask to be here. You didn't ask for the call of God on your life. You didn't ask for his assignment to be put on you. He's the one who placed you here. He's the one responsible for you. And mistakes and mishaps may have happened on the way. But I'm telling you, that does not disqualify you from what He placed on your life. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He's not sorry about calling you into the kingdom for such a time as this. He is going to revive you if you will just say, I don't care what it takes. I'm looking this season in the face. And it's time to start laughing again. It's time to start dreaming again. It's time to start rejoicing because the nations are going to say about me, the God that I don't even believe in, that he talks about all the time, sure seems like it's working. And I'm going to say, yeah, God has done great things for me. And so when I walked out of the house at 2:30 in the morning hearing my son say literally these words, "Dude, you're so stupid." <laughs> I had a smile on my face cuz that's my dream. That's my testimony. And that's the reason I can laugh this morning.